podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tell all your friends they can go my way. Take your shows, sell yourself, pound for pounds for a world and go. Longer you stay, the more you pay. My white lines go a long way. Either up your nose or through your vein. Nothing again except killing your brain. Free! Yes, 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 everybody. <laughs> my, my God. But, you know, the bad, the bad thing about it is, though, like, everybody considers him fat, but if you see the people that walk around where I live, he's not fat. I mean, it's so, not, uh, yeah. not compared to some of the people that, uh, like, we were, there's a store over near where I live, and they're selling size large to 12 XL shirts. 12 XL? 12 XL, and, they're sell, and they sell them. So he's not fat compared to some people running around here. The anorexic John Fisher would <laughs> fit into an, an asylum T-shirt if Danny Young can get twelve XLs. I tell you what, would be flying in your part of the of the world, uh, Justin. They would. My God. Well, good evening, everybody. No better way to start than a bit of John Fisher boshing it up on a what evening are we? Thursday evening. Welcome to the final Nutter Calling Show of 2022. Steve Wellings here, back on the mic. I'm nursing a sore throat, but I'm I'm pumped up with PEDs. You know, I'm ready to rumble for one last time before we hit the new year. And whenever you are listening to this, don't forget to hit a like if you like it and a dislike if you're a miserable bastard. The live chat is open. There's nobody in at the moment. But if you are there, make yourself known. The comments below are also open so you can leave us a comment if you wish. Hopefully your holiday season, as the Americans call it, is going a little bit better than Javonta Davis's anyway. We can <laughs> ask for little else. Justin is on the call. Good evening, Justin. How are you? How did your Christmas go, sir? No, I was telling you it went great. I had... I'm off for a whole month for work, and I got two thousand dollars for not flying, so I'm I'm good. Things are going um, well there over yeah. in uh, North Carolina. Absolutely. What about yourself, Joe Kennedy? Welcome. How's your Christmas gone? Yeah, all good. Pretty quiet one, but uh, that's kind of what the doctor ordered this year. So, yeah, in- enjoyed a bit of uh, R and R, and uh, look forward to getting stuck into the new year. Absolutely. 2023 coming up very shortly. We will be back on January the 8th. Whether we'll be talking about Davis against Hector Luis Garcia remains to be seen. We'll be following that one closely. What we will be doing this evening, though, for as long as we can manage it, is first of all, going through the pound-for-pound rankings. I was telling Justin off-air here. What I'm going to do is, there's quite a few pound-for-pound rankings knocking about at the moment. There's the ESPN one, which I tend to find a little bit biased. Uh, the Ring magazine have one as well. Boxrec have a kind of a strange algorithm kind of thing going on. So I have gone to the transnational uh, boxing board, not the transgender boxing board. Uh, <sighs> this isn't WBC related. This is the transnational boxing board, uh, pound for pound, top 10. If you are watching this on the video version, you'll be able to see it on the screen right here. I'll give you a rundown in case you listen to the audio version. So we've got Arta Baturbiev coming in at number 10. We have Jamel Charlo coming in at number 9. We have uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez coming in at number eight. Tyson Fury at seven. Juan Francisco Estrada at six. Uh, Dimitri Beevil at five. Errol Spence Jr. at four. Terence Crawford at three. Alexander Usyk at two. And Naoa Inoue at one. So what we're going to do here, boys, and whoever else wishes to jump on and join us, and if you're in the chat, throw these in as well. We're going to have a look at what these uh, individuals got up to over 2022 and have a look forward to what we can expect from them in 2023. A lot of inactivity amongst these lots. We'll start off with Arta Baturbia. First of all, we'll go to you, Joe. 
So it says Nationality Canada here, not allowed to be Russian these days. He's 18 yeah. and 0 with 18 knockouts in the light heavyweight division. Just the one fight for Baterbiev in 2022. It was on the 18th of June in Madison Square Garden, New York. It was an impressive second round blast out of Joe Smith Jr. He added Joe Smith's WBO light heavyweight title to his unified IBF and WBC titles. So it's a unification here, even though it was only one fight and he blasted out a generally dangerous and solid champion. What kind of a year did Artur Baterbiev have in your eyes, Joe? I, th I think a pretty good one. Um, I was actually at the Joe Smith Jr. fight um, and he went through him like a, a bad dose of shit, as you'd say. He, like, you know, Smith really looked like a cat in the headlights. Once the first jab landed, really, he just almost knew instantly that he wasn't going to be able to, to kind of withstand the assault. And Baturbiev didn't really have to do much to go through the gears and, and get him out of there. But I think seeing kind of, um, I think the path to uh, an undisputed fight kind of opened himself up after after Bivol um, beating Canelo and I think he'll beat him in the rematch if that has to happen as well. I think they just need to get their mandatories out of the way or at least Turbiev does before they can get that fight and I think from that perspective him staying relatively injury free he fought Marcus Brown at the end of last year so it wasn't like he's had a massive amount of inactivity but just at his age I think that you know asking him to fight three times a year is probably not realistic. I think he's He's in his mid-30s now. He's probably, um, you know, on the last year or a year about of his prime, if, if even. So I think he's probably just going to be angling himself for the next three or four fights, which will hopefully be big fights, get the yard fight out of the way uh, and hopefully get that unification. Yeah, he's 37 years old, Joe, and like you said, even though he only fought once this year, given the Marcus Brown fight was December 2021, given that Anthony Yard fight is January 2023, it almost kind of feels like the three fights a year. We don't want to overdo him. He, like I said, he is quite injury prone. So if he can get Yard out of there and then hopefully move on to Bivol, um, that would be the ideal realistic scenario. Yeah, I was actually looking at um, his training methods just leading up to that fight. Uh, I was going to just kind of whet the appetite, really. And his coach was talking about how they train all these micro muscles in his hands and in his uh, joints and his elbows, his shoulders, all with the view of like basically trying to keep him injury free uh, and to try and you know be able to throw as many shots as hard as he can without injuring himself. So that's kind of it, it, I, thought, I just thought it was interesting. That was the way his coaches were trying to you know basically hone him and and and, and mold him as a fighter was to try and you know. Avoid him getting injured and elongate his career as much as possible. I think they're probably aware of, you know, the limited runway ahead of his ahead of him at the moment. So, yeah, a fantastic fighter. You know, definitely I'd have him in my top ten as well. I'd probably have him a little bit, a little bit further up. I do take a little bit of issue with this one, Steve. Just I would quickly mention having Tyson Fury in there. I don't know. I think it's up to the debate whether you'd have uh, the heavyweights in there, but um, I, I, I'll add slide. I guess I'd probably have that uh, maybe Chris <laughs> Stevenson in there if I was if I was to pick a, pick pick one to go in there. So Fury. Yep, no, absolutely. That is a good call. Uh, people often say that the pound for pound was put together to kind of traverse around the heavyweights who are naturally bigger guys, but the, the boxing board uh, have uh, deemed Fury worthy to jump in at number seven there. For the record, on the box rec one, which I also have up next to me, Artur Baturbiev sits at number 11 at the moment in the box rec one. Um, just shout out to a few people in the chat there. Ricky Graville sliding in. Ola, says Ricky, on this Thursday evening. Hello to you as well, Richard. Uh, Holly Lewis as well, another nutter. Uh, Dr. FMG has jumped in as well. Good morning, all. It's good morning in Australia there for the doctor. 
and Michael Thompson, Mikey T, uh, music aficionado has jumped into the chat as well. So shout out to you all. Uh, well, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> yes, go on the lads. And, and lads. the ladies. And the ladies. Yes, yeah, Holly, yeah, of course. Yeah. Have to, yeah, exactly. have to remember. Woke asylum, woke asylum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no laugh, not too much laughing for me tonight before I end up in a coughing fit. Uh, Justin, uh, talking to Paterno. Yeah, great, to be honest, oh, I, I, I don't feel too good, man. Pumped up. I'm on the Connor Ben PEDs tonight, Joe. Yeah. You know, I'm just. Steroids just, just, and all, yeah. You, yeah, you're that bad. <laughs> a bit a bit of lemsip for me. Uh, Justin Arteberturbiev, uh, as we said there, kind of keeping together with Sellotape as best as we can. He's an absolute monstrous puncher, but he is quite injury prone. We just need to keep him together, get that Bivol fight out of the way, and then he can descend as much as he wants for me. No, I agree. I agree with everything Joe said. I mean, he's going mean, to – I think Yard is going to try – is going to give him a few rounds. I mean, he's not going to win, but he's going to – Yard is good enough that he's going to come out and give him a few rounds, and then he'll just get knocked out, and that'll be the end of that. Bivol, who knows? I mean, I hate sitting here talking about what fights might happen because we know how it is. Who knows? We hope it happens. That's all you can say anymore in boxing. That you just hope it happens. I'm not going to sit here and that's who he should fight next after he knocks Yard out. But who knows? Now, here's a question: mm. What if Yard knocks him out? What well, no. plans? That's what I'm saying. So it's like, if you're Bivol, you definitely jump in and fight Yard. So that so that unification fight would happen. I just uh, I don't think that'll ever happen. But like you Can said, you imagine but, Anthony Yard doing oh his, God. you know a shitty Mayweather shoulder roll against yeah. <laughs> from the Dimitri Bivol pinging his head off for twelve rounds. Yeah, I actually, we don't need Yard. I mean, it. I would say it's funny, but it would be, it would throw, it would mess some stuff up if Yard won. I don't oh, yeah. mind. I don't mind every once in a while when the huge underdog wins because it does just throw everything, like Andy Ruiz. It does just kind of throw everything out of works. But, nah, but we'll see. But, Herbie, like, like y'all said, though, he's only probably got maybe two years left because of how, you know, he keeps getting injured and his style. So, I don't – so, he has to finish it now. You're right. He has to claim everything he can and grab every dollar he can because I don't think he's got a ton of – Years left. I mean, it may be two at the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, if Anthony Yard was to beat him, it would be a monumental <laughs> upset, even though Yard is a puncher. But yeah, I think uh, as I, I mean, if he does it, fair play to him. But I really want to see Baturbi get rid of him and move on to that to that Bivol fighter, hopefully, and then unify the uh, 175 pound division. Uh, Justin, I'm going to stick with you for number nine here. We've got Jamel Charlo, one of your countrymen from the US of A, uh, junior middleweight, undisputed champion. 35-1-1 one, one with 19 knockouts. Uh, the one loss was to Tony Harrison, which he later avenged. The one draw was to Brian Castaño, which he also avenged to get that WBO title alongside his WBC, WBA and IBF 154-pounds uh, belts. Only one fight again for Jamel Charlo, Justin, in 2022. It was on the 14th of May. He showed against Castaño that he had learned the lessons from the first fight. I thought he was excellent after about round five or six. He really took over and he did the exact right thing, knocked him out. It was unfortunate he only fought the once, uh, but Jamel Charlo, a uh, fantastic year for him, undisputed champion. Yeah, I mean, it was a good win. And I just want to say first, I don't think he's faking an injury. That's, I mean, I, I know we're talking about his year, but the, the Castaño win was really good. He should have fought more, but now he's got the hand versus Tim Zhu. I don't think he's faking that injury. That's the huge thing that is like the articles or people want to see the x-rays, which I always think, Screw the people. We don't need to see the x-rays. I mean, if a guy says he's injured, he's injured. That's just the end of it. It's like, who are we 
the demand, like, you know, we got to see his medical records and, you know, I mean, if the guy wants to go the lengths of faking a hospital x-ray and sitting in a, you know, sitting in a hospital room with his hand wrapped, that's on him. But like I said, I don't think he's faking that because I think he'll beat Tim Zhu because like you said, he looked really good versus Castaño. He, he did everything he was supposed to do. He showed his ability and beat him. And I think he'll do the same thing versus Tim Zhu. But like I said, I don't think he's faking that. I don't know if, if y'all have seen all that stuff that's been going around, but I definitely don't believe he's faking a hand injury to get out of fighting Tim Zhu. Yeah, I have seen that, Joe, and I think it's a load of bollocks. You just look at people's records. I often go on about this. You see people's body of evidence. you got Charlo, win over Harrison, win over Rosario, draw with Castaño, win over Castaño. He ain't ducking Tim Zhu, as tough a fight as that would be. No, I'm actually not aware of what you guys are referencing, um, but I... I, I... You know what does this, what does a pause in his career do for do for Charlo? Like you know, like you said, I think we all know he has what it takes to beat Tim Zhu, and I think it'll be a fun fight as well. So no, no, Joe. What know. happened was is they had to cancel the fight because he said he broke his hand, so the fight's not yeah, happening. I, I, yeah, I heard but, the fight wasn't happening, but I no, about, like the fake. I think it's just oh, the Twitter yeah. RT, isn't it? Yeah, it's, off it's, just, yeah. it's just the oh, message gotcha. board, the Twitter, and some. I think some reporter come out and said something like there there was something fishy going on or, you know, something stupid, but he's not faking for Tim Zhu. No, I don't think so. He, like, he seems like a pretty honest fighter. I remember he was really upset about uh, Tony Harrison for the rematch there. He got injured just before his fight, and there was accusations that he, you know, Tony Harrison wasn't being fully serious, and he kind of played into those a little bit, I think, to get into Charlo's head. But I think he just went and had a, had a fight anyway because he didn't want to waste the camp. He seems that kind of fighter. He'd, he'd rather be busy and will take fights, even if it's not exactly the fight you want just to kind of keep busy he doesn't seem like his brother who's like seems to be a lot more um you know he seems to be a lot easier to just sit on the couch and not fight anyone for mm. for a long period you know the, his brother's inactivity has been a real killer and i i wouldn't want to you know besmirch jamal's reputation by carrying him in the same boat i think he's a real fighter jamal uh jamal still has a little bit to prove for me yeah well said joe jamal's career is uh is on skid row as uh, the great Porky would say, Michael Thompson says the Charlos are way too rich to be worried about a layoff. Unfortunately, praise be sure. to Uncle Al. Well, as I say, Uncle Al does pay them well, but unfortunately, that is to the detriment of their activity. Only one fight for Charlo uh, during the year. He comes in at number thirteen, two places below Baturbiev in the box fit rankings. He is number uh, nine on the transnational boxing board rankings. Uh, Joe, compared to Charlo, um, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson levels of activity from number eight here. Saul Canelo Alvarez, Mexican, 57 2 and 2, 39 knockouts at super middleweight. Um, all the belt are his. He is uh, number one on the box set rankings, actually. He had two, two fights this year. Dimitri Bivol beat him on the 7th of May 2022, up at light heavyweight. He then slid back down on the 17th of September 2022 to fight old rival uh, Gennady Golovkin in their third and final fight. He is the main man at super middleweight. It's a bit of a bittersweet year, strange one, really. Lost to Bivol uh, quite comprehensively for me, despite the stupid scores. And then the fight against Golovkin was a bit of a bit of a strange fight, given Golovkin was done and there wasn't really a lot of action in it. What kind of year has Canelo had for you, Joe? Yeah, like I think that you can't really expect him to have as many years like he had 2021, you know, when he unified 168. And, you know, he's just had a whole load of amazing years in a row. And I think regression to the mean will tell you that you're going to have a not so great year every once in a while, too. And I think that's probably what you're seeing here. Like, obviously, the Bivol fight was never really a good 
match up form I think a lot of people felt going into that fight you may have bitten off more than you could chew there um, and the Glasgow fight was just way past the sell by date we didn't need to see that at all like so yeah I think it's a bit of a weird one for, for Canelo but I would take issue with him being as high as eight you know or as low as eight I'd still think that he's probably a top five pound for pound fighter for me uh, a loss against a guy like Bivol doesn't uh, make you a bad fighter overnight he's still got you know probably the best left hook to the body in the in the sport he's still got you know some of the best head movement in the sport he's still got um you know a, a really amazing front for come forward from foot style which i can't see anyone maybe outside of david benavidez giving him a good fight at 168 so i i wouldn't have him down as eight i'd probably have him still top five uh, uh, kind of a, a mid-year notwithstanding yeah, he's number eight in this one. He is top in the box for it one, Justin. Uh, two fights for Alvarez, then a loss to Bivol and a win over Golovkin. We know he's going to be out for quite a while. Uh, be lucky to see him at any point in the first half of next year, given this hand injury. He's probably on the slide. He's had a lot of fights, Alvarez. Where do you see him going next, Justin? What, what's he going to do? Try and mop up a super middleweight fight, maybe? The winner of Benavidez plant. What, what would be a good 2023 for Canelo? I mean, 2022, like I said, I think what happened with that was simply they just overestimated Bebo. Mm. They they just they just didn't realize how good he really was, and they just bit off more than they can chew. I, I, like I said, that's why I agree with Joe. I don't think he's on this big slide and that he's, you know, that he's really beatable now and everything. I think it's just they picked the wrong guy at the wrong time, and that happens. That happens in boxing since the beginning. You just – you assume that you had a guy that you could get him. And I think ego might've been involved in that too, because he really was, you know, he feels himself a lot, thinks he's the best. And so I think that's what happened with Bebo. And as far as his future fights, I mean, Benavidez is Benavidez plant. I, mean, I don't think he'd want, if Benavidez is winning to fight him, he's not going to fight plan again. I mean, what's the point? There's no point of him fighting plan again. It would be Benavidez if Benavidez wins. But I think, I don't mean, he's got his whole, what does he say? He doesn't fight other Mexicans and he doesn't. Mm. So who knows if he's going to, if that's just something, I don't know what the deal is with that. But if he fights Benavidez, that would be the biggest fight out for him at that weight. He's probably not going to fight the Charlo, the one that, you know, does, like Joe said, doesn't do anything. And I think he's already got legal trouble as well. The old, uh, the middleweight one. So who knows what he's going to end up doing? Didn't he like try to shoot a family member or something? I don't remember. It was something like that. Or hit a fan, or he punched a family member, or he somebody's family got it. I don't know exactly how they got it, but but they got it. Sometimes you just feel like punching a family yeah. member, though. Don't yeah, just, yeah, I can't sympathize with that, to be honest. But you remember, you remember when they did like that twenty four seven thing? Don't they all live together? Like they split the house in half, so like the entire like family lives there, like twenty or thirty people. So who knows who got it? Because they all, I remember like his brother got like one half of the house, and he got like the other half of the house, or something crazy they did. So who knows what happened, but like I said, Kelo, I don't say he slid because he, he's just getting older and he's just like, he's still got a couple of good years left where he's going to be at the top, but Benavidez is the number one guy. If you don't fight Benavidez and if you don't fight Charlo, then who are you going to fight? Andre, uh, there's just, there's not a lot at 168 because we've seen he can't go up to 175 unless it's like hand picked. He's not going to beat those guys. So he has to either go down. Prediction. Sorry, yeah, Justin, I thought you could. No, you're good. I was just saying, 
I think at 168, there is one guy who I, I think might cause him an issue, but not right now. Probably a couple of years down the line, be David Morrell. Um, they're building yeah. him pretty nicely. In maybe, yeah, yeah. He's kind of drawing his own crowd there. I think they're trying to maybe angle that fight down the line. Um, but he seems like he, he, he's got, you know, he's only seven or eight fights under his belt, I think. But he's, he's shown a lot of... Uh, a lot of different skills, a lot of versatility in, in, in just those seven fights against pretty decent opposition. Yeah, Holly saying in the chat there, Canelo was confident he could give Usyk a run for his money before the Bivol fight. I think that was more Eddie <laughs> Reynoso was, 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 was calling for that one. I'm not sure whether that was ever a realistic proposition, but yeah, they were talking about Usyk, they were talking about Makabu up at Cruiserweight as well. But it just He's supposed to be, uh, he, he spars your man Frank Sanchez apparently, who trains yeah. with Reynoso as well. You know what? He yeah. probably he probably would beat Makabu though. Even now, he probably would Makabu, he probably would beat him if he wanted to try that fight again. He probably could beat Makabu. Yep, wouldn't be surprised if he caught him with a decent shot. Justin, sticking with you, we go to number seven on the list here. Uh, whether heavyweights uh, jump onto our lists or not is debatable, but Tyson Fury is on this one anyway. Thirty-three, oh, and one with twenty-four knockouts. He is number two on the box rec rankings. Tyson Fury fought twice this year. Justin, he fought in April. Uh, the 23rd knocked out Dillian White in, uh, with a 6th round TKO in Wembley. And then in Tottenham, 10th round TKO over his old mate there a few weeks ago. Derek Chisora, bit of a placeholder year for Fury, Justin. What, what, what do you think he's done for you? If you want to get, I think it was kind of an embarrassing year for Fury. I mean, he ran his mouth all year and didn't do anything except fight. Just, I mean, Derek Chisora, should, that should have never happened. Should have never happened. That was just. You, how many times have we? I don't think I've ever remember in boxing that you fight a guy for the third time after you beat the shit out of him the first two times. <laughs> well, has that ever happened where you have just? I guess maybe uh, Saul Ferrer has done that, but have you? <laughs> yeah, have you ever? I mean, I've I don't remember a time when you fight a guy the third time after you have just pounded him the first two times, and then he beat Dillian White, which so it's like it's kind of an embarrassing wasted year because he beat two guys that he was supposed to knock out. He was supposed to beat them. He was supposed to dominate him, and then he ran his mouth all year, and nothing happened. So his only option is is he's gonna. I mean, he says he's gonna fight Usyk. They, you know, they he kind of he kind of looked stupid yelling at Usyk in the ring, and Usyk didn't do anything. He just kind of looked at him. But that's that's how Usyk is. He's not gonna play those games. The whole back and forth. So I don't know what he does. He has to fight Usyk next. He's probably gonna end up. Out of nowhere, they're probably going to come up with like Joshua or something out of nowhere. But he probably he needs to fight Usyk. If he fights Usyk, and then if Joshua gets a win and he fights him, that's not a bad year. But this year was just embarrassing. It was just a joke. He he could try to. I don't. He just lost a lot for me. I mean, I, I always kind of liked Tyson Fury, but man, this year was just sad. It was just sad. A scathing indictment on the year there, Joe. Um, what have you done for me lately? Not too much for Justin. Does he have credit in the bank from the Wilder wins for you? Yeah, I think so, but I definitely need to get a move on this year. Um, enough of the talk. and I'm sick of his shite, really. I don't pay any attention to him anymore on, on social media. I try not to, at least. Um, I try to separate the fighter from the personality, and I don't really vibe with his personality at all. Um I have my suspicions about the whole, um, you know, miraculous recovery at the same time as his, you know, doping test results kind of being squashed. I, you know, I just, I've never really bought madly into the Fury story, but I think that he's a fantastic heavyweight. Uh, but I'm sick. I don't want to see him against another 
another body bag, which is basically what, what Derek Chisora was. And Dillian White was never on his level. Like, I'm glad Dillian White got shown up uh, at the world level like he was going to. But, um, yeah, I need to see Fury in with a proper fighter this year. And, yeah, get off social media, get off that shite. And maybe get back into the US. I don't know. Like, is he allowed back into the US no, for a fight? I don't think like, he is. Is that really going to be like, yeah. Yeah, a so. massive hindrance to his, to his career? Like, you know, massive hindrance. Like, it's going to be so much harder to get a good fight now if you can't fight in Vegas. Um, so he's a dickhead, really. Like, a complete fucking dickhead. Absolutely, Fury. <laughs> yeah, get, get your ass back into the States, says Joe. Holly Lewis says <laughs> yeah. uh, Fury versus Chisora. Was absurd. Nothing absurd about Danny Young's appearance here, sliding in on this Thursday evening. Good evening, Daniel. How are you, sir? I'm well. Sound am I all right? Sounds okay. All right, at the minute. Yes, sounding good, brother. What's happening? Well, like yourself, Steve. The biggest biggest KO of the year was probably me on Christmas Day. Um, <laughs> all set, ready to put the beef in the oven, and I just like I lost. Just, just you know, it was just like a, I took a other cut and then a, and then a right hand from the misses. I was down. Um, intense beef, it. man. Intense beef. <laughs> intense beef, mate. I tell you what, I was, I was on, I was on shaky legs and everything. So uh, yeah, no, it was uh, yeah. But I've, I mean, I've made a full recovery, and I'm, I'm looking forward to my uh, my next opponent. Um, you know what I mean? I'll take the well, defeat, and I'll move on to the next year. We are always <laughs> glad to have you here. You've jumped in at number seven on the transnational boxing board, uh, pound for pound rankings. We're talking a bit of Tyson Fury here. Holly wasn't impressed with Chisora. I don't think she was impressed either with Dillian White. But were you impressed? With Tyson Fury's 2022, Dan. Um, so what do you have? Two two fights in a year. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's more it's more than what we expect. But I personally, I, I I'm being whether this is greedy or not, I still don't think it's enough. I still don't think two fights a year is enough for me. I think three is acceptable. Two is below par. Um, but well, I mean, you obviously. Chisora, yeah, I mean, I was there, but it wasn't it wasn't what we wanted. But it, it, in fairness to the guy, I, I don't think there was anyone else forthcoming that wanted to take a fight in December with everything going on. You know what I mean? There's, it's strange to say it, but I, there was a lot of people kind of either, either tied up in the heavyweight division or or just off the back of a, of a fight with someone else. But I think next year, I think I said it before after the after the Chisora fight. I think next year needs to clear things up and properly. I don't think I don't think we could be fucking about anymore now. Like, I mean, obviously you're hearing fights with like they're talking about. Have I heard something saying that it's going to be Dubois versus Usyk or something stupid like that recently? That that was being talked about, I think, um, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Hopefully, they just get that unification on, don't they? Yeah, yeah, that's all we need. I said it. I said it. Back in the early December, that's all we need. Get the unification sorted out. If there needs to be a, a rematch after it, so be it. Um, I mean, and then just make, I just want to see outside of that. I want to see the best heavyweights fighting each other, just so we know. So we know there's clear path and direction. Whether the belts get fragmented or not, then we know who's 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 top of the pile. None of this, none of these fucking bullshit fighters hanging about in the top top 20 in the world that, you know, with like ranking belts and all that bollocks, fuck that right off. I mean, still got the, um, who have we still got hanging about? I'm trying to think. Now. I'd like to see Joyce get a shot next year at some stage, maybe at the end. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, he, he seems like he should be, you know, yeah, top of like, the but, earth, you know. I think, <laughs> I think I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Wilder Joyce next season, next year. That'd be a fantastic fight for me. Yeah, I mean, Joyce is, exactly. Joyce is getting older. He needs to get a shot pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, see if Wilder could crack his chin. That would be an interesting one because Joyce is an immovable object. But if we're not going to get the big ones, I would like to see Joyce ahead of Dubois. Dubois sent off a lot of warning signals for me, Dan, in that Lorena fight. So I think if it's going to be anyone, stick Joyce forward if it's not Usyk. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, um, I think, I think Dubois will get there though. I'm giving giving him his due. I mean, like, I mean, um, McGregor's probably the right person for him. Um, and, and they've not been together for a mass amount of time. I think that's what was that three fights. I think it is maybe they've had together. Yeah. So I think I think McGuigan for him to kind of uh, get and Dubois still young man. Fuck me. Like I I was I was a bit worried about him after the Joyce fight and because the way he was defeated. And then to be honest with you, I think he I think he sucked it up and did well in that in in that in that last fight just purely on the basis that you know maybe. Potentially, if that had been the Dubois of, you know, two years ago, just after the Joyce fight, he probably would have packed it in potentially. But yeah, just just keep keep him out of the spotlight. Keep him tickling along. He doesn't have to face big. I mean, you want to see him face live bodies, but it doesn't have to be anyone dangerous. And and just like you say, far, fast track Joyce, man. He need, it, Joyce, is, Joyce is obviously, for me, Joyce is in the top five. So he need he needs to be fighting people in and around him now, otherwise it's just a, a waste of a career. And like you say, he's not getting any younger, man. What is he now? What nearly what nearly forty now, isn't yeah, he? I, I, about, I think he's about thirty-eight or so, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. so he, need, he needs to, he needs to hurry up now. But I mean, to be honest with you, like there's there's more exciting divisions out, outside of heavyweight these days, and it's just we end up just talking about the same old shit really don't we not to be a downer but we do end up talking about the same shit all the time get the get the right people the right fights stop talking bullshit i mean tyson fury like boy just briefly uh, just stay off fucking social media stop stop shit talking people and fucking fight them then you know what i mean just do whatever you need to do if you've got you've got frank and and big al in the court uh, not a big al um who have you got uh what's his name Oh my god! Who's the promoter? Hey, Frank Warren. No, yeah, you got Frank. Who's the other fella from the Shalom. Bob Arum? Sorry, oh, Bob, Bob Arum. Arum. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's got them two like in his corner, I'm pretty sure any fight can be made with them two. Really, like, so they just need to fucking suck it up and get it on. Get it, get, get it on now. That's enough now. Yeah. Uh, Doctor FMG says can see Joyce being used to test Jalalov as he's a future danger to Dubois and Fury. I think it was the Doctor FMG made the point in the Nutters group as well, comparing Dubois to Herbie Hyde. That uh, Dubois does strike me very much as an on top kind of fighter, and he doesn't like it up him. But um, he did tick a few boxes against Lorena, even if the referee kind of jumped in a little bit. So I, uh, the jury's out. I, I remain skeptical at the moment about Dubois, but if anyone can fix him, I'm sure Shane McGuigan can. Uh, one of the best trainers in the UK. That is Tyson Fury then. So we'll move on, just into our next person on the list. Number six, Juan Francisco Estrada. Coming in at number 30 in the box rec rankings, but he's number six in this one on the screen. Mexican, 44 and 3, 28 knockouts. He's a super fly or a, a junior banton, as they refer to him here. Uh, real swathes of inactivity uh, before the fight last September, Justin, against RG Cortez. He didn't look great. He had to shed a bit of rust. Cortez uh, outboxed him at times and looked pretty decent. And then he had the excellent win, majority decision against Roman Gonzalez three months later. So a strong end to the year for Estrada. Yeah, box rec, uh, box rec 30 is kind of a joke, I think, on that one. But uh, this might be controversial, but 
everybody's always like it's always Estrada and Chocolatito, right? I've always been I've always been an Estrada fan over Chocolatito. I know I know that's a might be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have all I, I have always been it's just if for some reason it's just I got on him first before Chocolatito, like when I was way back when I was watching, and that's just my guy. I've always favored him more. I can't it just is what it is. But hey, Justin, do you, uh, do you think do you think Estrada could possibly be the only clean Mexican fighter? Uh, he's probably not clean, but I mean, uh, <laughs> he's he's probably as close as you can get. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he just probably hadn't got. I think how I look at it, we're not gonna get into the drug testing thing, but I think it's simple. I think every fighter's doing something that just hadn't got caught. I think everybody tries or does something. Even Donito Donaire, who people put him on, I guarantee you he's done something. He's taken something. He's somebody's put something. He's. I just don't worry about it because I guarantee you they've all. They've all been on some kind of a, hey, come try this vitamin or try this. They've all done it. But as far as Estrada goes, I mean, he had a good year. I mean, he like you said, he takes off he takes a lot of time off. And if you could beat Gonzalez, then you've had a good year. It doesn't matter if that's your only fight of the year. So I think he had a good year because he beat who he beat the guy, the man, the other man in his division. He beat him. That's all he had to do. So his year was good. If you look at that aspect of it, like I said, I know everybody on here is huge Chocolatito fans, and I know that's just a big thing, but he's always been my – I've always been a fan of the Rooster, and that's just my guy. We're talking about another fighter who's only had two fights in a year again, though, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the way everybody is. Is, 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 this, is, this the, is this the norm now? Like, is this – because this to me, is just, it just isn't it's, – it's just not good enough. It is the norm because now they've even got the prospects are starting to get to that point now where they only fight three or four times a year. Just I guess to get them rhythm for two, because like, or, I mean, is, it, know, or is, yeah. it, is it is it is it a lack of um, opponents? Maybe I I don't know. Uh, like, there's or, all, there's always you got to figure there's always somebody out there. He might suck, but there's got to be somebody you could fight and somebody yeah. will pay you to fight him. That's what I always think. It's like if you look at the rankings, there's like twenty or thirty guys in each one. You tell me like none of those guys like it's not, I mean it could be money because I I think money's part of it now. I think guys just get paid ridiculously too much, and they're just not going to. So I think one reason why guys fought so much back in the days you had to fight that much to get paid. You know, you weren't making a whole year's salary off of one fight. You had to fight seven or eight times to add all those checks together. That was a lot of it too. Is you couldn't fight a guy one time in like the fifties, sixties, and that would be your whole year. You had to fight multiple guys to get the money. So I think that's what's changed a little bit too, and. I, I I do believe that. I think if you fought one time back in the fifties, you wouldn't get paid. And if you fought twelve times, then it adds up. Mm-hmm. Ro- Rodriguez has got to be the only fight there, really, time, hasn't it? Surely. Yeah. I uh, do you think so. Next for Estrada next year. And Rodriguez will probably beat him, but I hope Estrada wins. But I, you got to go with the young guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the guys are getting paid too much money, but we are looking down the list here. We've got Baturbiev, uh, who's one fight, Charlo, one fight, Alvarez, two fights, Fury, two fights, Estrada, two fights. Uh, we've lost Joe Kennedy. M- uh, Mikey Thompson did jump on the call briefly. Uh, Michael, come back if you want. We're more than happy to have you. He kind of saved the year, Danny, I think, Estrada. Like I said, Cortez in September. Uh, you're a big Chocolatito family, finally. 
got one over on Chocolatito, even though he looked like he was walking through treacle at times th- towards the end of the fight. It turned out to be a decent year for Estrada, all things he, considered. He actually, he actually got two in a row over Chocolatito, yep. if you want to get Absolutely. technical. Yep, I'm, just, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yep, yep, that's fair. <laughs> Pissing on our parade again, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, look, I, I He's a fantastic fighter with a fucking great engine, and you know what I mean. Like it's yeah, he's he's really good. Just I don't know. Like I just I find it weird. It's kind of like the 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 best people that can challenge him are kind of they're, they're the wrong they're at the wrong age now. And again, I, the reason why I say like you know Rodriguez um, Rodriguez next is just purely on the basis of like there's no one else. There's literally no one else for, to challenge him next season. Next next season, I'm talking about football, aren't I? Uh, next next, uh, next year. I, I, this, I mean, I don't really fancy any of the Japanese guys against him. Nakatani, Tanaka, Ioka. I don't fancy any of them guys. So it's got to be Rodriguez for me. Well, it'll be a good fight to make if they can make it. It'll be, it'll be interesting as well. Um, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I can't see anyone else outside that. But like you know, you got. Well, I mean, Wangek is finished now, and they had some good fights, didn't they? They had a couple of good, good barnstormers. So yeah, I mean, you got a good fight if if he faces the winner of Ioka and Franco. That'd be like a good unification. That'd probably be the biggest money he could make. If you want to look at it that way. Mm. Uh, unless yeah, he fights Gonzalez, unless he fights Gonzalez again. But as far as if he wants to unify, yeah, the Ioka and Franco, they fight, what, like two days from now? So that would be, like, his only unification chance. I'm just thinking you got – because Rod- Rodriguez is with DeZone, isn't he? And I know Estrada's been on DeZone as well, hasn't he? So Yeah, that's, they could easily make it if they wanted to do that's, that. That's, it's an easy one to make, and I think it will mm-hmm. – um, obviously, it certainly won't well, – not, not a casuals fight, is it? But, I mean, it'll the boxing uh, the boxing hardcores will love that. So, yeah. No one. No one Australia he'll probably no one Australia he'll probably take a year and a half off. Then, <laughs> I hope not. You won't worry about it. That's, that's yeah. the only that's the only downside, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Either Bam Rodriguez or Ioka. I expect Ioka will beat Franco, and then um, hopefully Ioka. I'd say he'll come over. Now he's got a couple of losses on the record. He would maybe come over and fight Australia. But as you guys say, the in-house fight would be the best to make. Uh, if he were to get the win, uh, Michael Thompson's jumped on the call. Michael, how are you getting on? Okay. Yeah, great. Thanks, Steve. Can you hear me properly? I can hear you loud and clear. And you are jumping in just at the right time here for number five on the pound for pound rankings. He's actually number three in the ones. Russia's Dimitri, no 11 knockouts uh, at light heavyweight. He's my fighter of the year. A win over Canelo, first of all, and then taking Gilberto Ramirez. He's unbeaten record as well. What kind of year for you as Dimitri Beevil had, Michael? Yeah, um, perfect, really, because this is who I wanted to speak about overall, really, because if, um, and the guys were mentioning it before, if you look at, like, that table, no one's had three fights, from what I can tell. Everyone's had two, haven't they? Yeah. I was looking I was looking at it before, and I think, so I think if you want to see who the best pound for pound is from this, from this list, you probably go, got to go with who's had, like, the best two wins, and maybe, like, you could say in a way, but for me, it's, like, Bivol, you know, his win over Canelo was just brilliant. I love watching that fight, especially as, you know, everyone thought Canelo was going to, you know, smash him up as usual and Bivol just outclassed him and beat him up against the ropes. It was brilliant. And then obviously 
the Ramirez fight, even though I've not really ever really rated uh, Ramirez that much. You know, he's massive. You know, he's a trick. You know, he's left. You know, he's a southpaw. He's good on the inside. And Bivol just after a couple of rounds, the size difference. I didn't even notice it. It was just such um, such a pleasure to watch him. Just you know beat up someone again it's just a shame that he always seems like he's throwing it about 70 percent i think just an extra like 10 or 15 percent on his punches he could knock a few more people out but yeah i think for me out of all those people he's got the best two the best two wins i would say mm-hmm. dimitri bivol there danny sliding in at number five there's no such thing as the perfect fighter but he ticks a lot of boxes doesn't he the engine the work rate his ability to go the 12 rounds his judgment of range and distance he, he's going to be very hard to beat whoever can manage it who knows but he, he is a really top fighter bivol yeah bivol's fantastic he just there's nothing there's nothing uh how do i how do i can there's nothing like really kind of showy about him nothing you know real box office should we say well yeah he just does it he does everything so well and he's just to be honest with you like with the pure for the purists he's just he's just a pleasure to watch sometimes you know he just he's got he's got a great jab you know he's um he does a lot of um he like you know dub, like doubling up with a jab and then just do it, throwing a straight right and things like that it's all just simple easy stuff but he does it so well and so effective and I think I think he does. I think the way he works the body and then comes up and you know like different angles and and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just yeah, he's just really good to watch. But like you say, I mean you can't you can't. I know he's like, again. We're only talking about another two fights. Like um, uh, is it Mikey just said that was it that uh, Michael said the only only people that have only really had two fights here. But again, mm-hmm. Alvarez and Ramirez on your list for the for the two fights. I mean for me that. I'd probably put him a little bit higher than this list, if truth be told. I'd have him. him I'd have him way more near the top in terms of like the year that the year that all these people have had. I don't dis- I, I don't particularly agree with this list, to be honest with you. Looking at it, um, but yeah, I, I'd probably have Bivol potentially in the top three. Yeah, same. Yeah, I no, I would. The- I, I would as well. Go on, uh, Mikey. Oh, sorry. I'm just saying, just as like a. Uh, um, a bit of like a style to watch, you know. If I always think, you know, if you watch like, um, say, if you watch like a silhouette of Manny Pacquiao fighting, or I don't know, someone else who's got a really recognisable style, I think Bivol's like getting there now. You know, he's got that really fluid sort of like in and out. He's got the, you know, those long sort of shots, and he's, you know, everything. Like, you know, we were saying, it's just a pleasure to watch him fight, and he sort of, um, even just watching him on the pads is just so good to watch, and he does the same thing in the ring, which is what. I always appreciate as well. He has he, he he trains on the pads like he fights in the ring. A lot. He doesn't just stand in front of the pads throwing all flashy combinations and um, yeah. And just the FMG is uh, that comment there. Just yeah, totally agree. I think um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to his next fight. Yeah, the Dr. FMG there saying his duck out step back against Canelo was pure art. Had Canelo swinging at air. It's just Dan a fighter who just has the basics absolutely drilled down. You know, there's a lot of repetition in boxing. We see the, the, the slicksters and the skillsters, but they guys who've just got their craft absolutely nailed down. You can just tell he's like Klitschko in that. He just repeats the same things over and over again. It's just become an art now, Dan. Yeah, I, I'm trying to... Like, Klitschko's a good shout, actually, because you're just trying to think of like people that kind of 
resemble that style in a way that they're they're not they're not flashy like you say and they're not they're not they're not box office they don't do anything but they Klitschko just was so things. repetitive wasn't he in his training like yeah. he would have just done steps and like shadow boxing and ballerina moves for hours on end and that's sometimes what you need to do repetition is the bedfellow of learning yeah i, I don't yeah it's, it's a, that that's probably that is a really good one Steve. it's a good call that because that's that's just probably the closest I, I can think of off the top of my head i'm i mean i'm I'm not the best of real enough names off the top of my head but that is that's a pretty good pretty good one in fairness but yeah i just i'd be to be honest with you, i'm really interested to see who's going to fight next because obviously we we all want the Biterbiev fight which i think he probably wants it as well he, i don't he doesn't sound like much of a ducker and he's got no, no. interest in canelo in canelo again and fair play to him for saying that um i i just think he's going to need a he's going to need a tune up but that tune up for me i don't know who that or you know a keep busy fight but i don't know where that who that keep busy fight is going to be against because again it's um it's trying to look for someone in that in that category i'm just i'm just having a look now to see see what they've got um in the list but uh, Callum, is Callum Smith retired? No, I'm talking rubbish. Callum Smith's there. Ricky Maybe. Graville was saying earlier Callum Smith is in the line for Baturbiev or something. If he gets past Yard, that could add a further span. That's into rubbish. The rubbish. Mm. Like, we don't want that. Nobody wants that. Put Bivouin with Smith and then that's it. That just sorts that out, doesn't it, really? That's a good like, then that's, it, that sorts Bivouin with Smith. Again, easy fight to make if Smith's still with the zone, which I think he is. Um, you would be disappointed if you would be disappointed if Paterbia fought Smith after Yard, like he wanted to fight him. That would mean like, where's he going in his career? That that's the guy he would want to fight next anyway. That would kind of Paterbiev, piss me off. Yeah, Paterbia wants the belts. He wants the yeah. belts as well. These, yeah, are, there's no way he's going to fight Callum Smith. There's, I don't see that happening at all. No, 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 no way, no way. And 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 do you know what? Right, that's what I that's what I admire about these two these two these two boxes because they don't they don't mince their words and they're there to get belts they're not fucking interested in they don't seem very they're interested in paydays to be honest with you they just they, they seem interested in getting no, the you, belts you believe them when they say they want the best and I, I truly believe when they say that you don't believe like 95 percent of the guys but i believe when they say it i think both of yeah. them do and especially bivol as well like he took on ramirez his mandatory no problem at all there was never any fuss same as canelo took the short end of the purse backed himself these two guys want to fight each other i have no doubt about that definitely yeah and yeah and you look down that list, there's no real names that stand out, really. I mean, yeah, like you've got Baturbio fighting Yard. I mean, I think he's going to put Yard in hospital, and that sounds horrible, but I think there's, there, he's on for a rollicking Yard because um, Padwork ain't going to get him, ain't going to box his way out of um, standing in front of Baturbio. But I think if we can get Smith, Bivol get a little like tick over fight with Callum Smith because I don't, I can't see Smith causing Bivol any problems. And then it'll then for me it's on to the big one later on in the year or maybe like you know back end of the summer that'd be fantastic. That that potentially could be one that try and that tries to eke me out of uh, out of the UK and over to America if it's in the, if it's in the states. Yeah, that would be great. Bivol in at number five. Hopefully he fights Baturbiev, who is in at number ten on these rankings. Yeah, just for the the record, um, I don't necessarily agree with these rankings either. That's why I'm going back and forward between them and Boxrec. I said at the top of the show, Ring Magazine have rankings, ESPN have rankings. We're all subjective. I remember Hater Dave would perennially uh, perennially put in Bernard Hopkins into his rankings. 
um, based on his uh, former achievements. And they're very subjective, these things. It's just a it's just a way of eking out a, a bit of opinion and a bit of back and forth. I'll tell you what, though, Danny. One person I would I would have Bivol ahead of these next two, to be honest, especially Errol Spencer at number four. And I am a bit of a Spence fan, really. 27-0, 21 knockouts. He's come back from this car crash. He's been involved in another car crash. <laughs> it, disappointing. Disappointing for me, Dan, was Spence talking on the recent Frank Martin, Michelle Rivera Showtime card. He looked overweight. He sounded drunk, although he always sounds like that, to be fair. And he was slurring away that he, you might see him fight next April or May or June. That's going to be over a year. Again, he's fought once this year. I thought he looked good against Ugas. I know Ugas touched him up in a few rounds, but Ugas is no mug. He's on a good run of form. But Spence, if he fights next May or June, as he's saying, that's going to be another 13, 14 months out of the ring. That's just not good enough for me. Mate, me and you are all aboard the activity train, mate, and we don't like it when boxers just sit around and it and it, and it's you know it, it's only so long that someone could like you know have one one. Fu- I mean, yes, he had a car crash, like, but 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 you know that's one fight in two years, and then he would just hang about and have another fight, so that'd be potentially two fights in three years. That's not that's not good. That's not good for a for a so-called potential pound for pound fighter. Um, in my books and, and let's face it like you say the UGAS fight he showed some tremendous skill in that fight and, and boxed most of the rounds he, he boxed superbly um, but it's I, I do worry about his um, his downtime you know what he does in it it's the boozing up you know when you see him at a boxing event quite rightly you say he's, he's always on the juice enjoying himself that's fine but it looks like sometimes he can't he can't pull a sentence together, and then you you worry about his driving style on the way home and things like that. So, yeah, it's a shame, really, because we could. I mean, how how old is he now? Just have a look at his thingy. 32. He's thirty-two, man. Like, I mean, come on, like at this point, you expect him to be. I don't know. I just expect him to to be better than he is, if that makes sense. At least more active and and and. And basically putting himself out there and come and get me kind of purse. I don't know. I just find it, it's the same with Crawford. I find the two careers very strange in different ways. Very strange. They're both fantastic fighters in their own right. Yes, we all want to see them fight each other to kind of, yeah, determine who's the best from that little bunch and all the rest of it. But I don't know. I just struggle to find out. Well, I just struggle to wonder whether that's ever going to happen. And are we just going to see... Errol Spence's career just fade away. I mean, you. I mean, you go back to when um, when he came over to Sheffield and um, and absolutely blasted Kelbrook out. I mean, he looked superb in that. Like, and we was I so even me then because obviously like, you're you're always back in the, the the home fire. I was thinking then I was like, Jesus Christ, this 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 guy's good. This guy is really good, and I was so surprised uh, um, about how good he was. And then I don't know. Just I've yes, he's got names there, but like I feel like some of the names have are past their well past their sell by date. Is that fair? Like Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, these fighters for me are past their sell by date. No, I don't know. Like yeah, it's no, a strange. You no, know, you're hundred percent right. He hasn't beat any of those top guys in their prime. They were always like that step past it. You're right. He hasn't beat anybody, even Ugas. I mean, Ugas was an old guy, too. I mean, it's not like he was in his prime. So I agree with you on that one. He hasn't beat anybody that was, like, prime, prime. And even if he fights Crawford, I mean, Crawford, would you consider him in his prime, prime? So it's probably the same thing. 
Yeah, but you'd 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 easily consider him the best, yeah. the best that he's ever fought. There's no question about that. So yeah, yeah. They've been they've been subtly clever though the way they've matched him because Yugas we know what type of a fighter he is but he had the you know the credence of beating Pacquiao and he had the belts Porter as well like you say was one fight away from being beaten by Crawford and retiring he also had a belt as well even if he, he fights Thurman next I know Thurman's way past it and completely inactive but they'll be picking off another name. So they do have names on the PBC side of the street. That's the benefit they've got going for them. Even Danny Garcia. I mean, at some point in Crawford's career, I would have killed for him to even fight a Garcia <laughs> when he was fighting the likes of your Brooks and your Carnes. So they do have those names, even though they are faded, with belts attached to them. And that's what they've been good at doing, I think, with, with Spence in the meantime. No, people love the names. They love the names, no matter how old they are, what they've well, done. The names will it. sit on his box wrecking future, yeah. won't they? Like people they love in it. 20 years' time, and, and they the won't fans, say, oh, most the fans love finished. It. Yeah, yeah. So the only fight I would have, I'd want to see outside of the Crawford fight would be Ennis, but I think that's too soon for Ennis. Is that fair? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, actually, no. Actually, no, I'm going to go back on what I just said. No, I don't think so. I think I don't Ennis think is fantastic. Yeah, I think and Ennis I think even if Ennis, I think Ennis could beat him, but even if Ennis didn't beat him, I think there's a, there's definitely a, like a two or, you know, a free fight deal in the offering there, and those two could just go at it and it would be fantastic. But what I was going to – my point I was trying to make, though, with with the, again, p- lack of depth in, in, that, in the welterweight division – could you see Errol Spence moving up to Super? I can't see it myself. I think he's at his weight. I don't think. I don't think he. I don't know. I think he. He'll probably get by in Super Super, super World, but I can't see any. Oh, you know I, I mean? think I, just, I think he'll move up, Danny. I honestly do. After the next fight, or, or if not before, if he doesn't get the Crawford fight, I think he will move up to Super Welterweight. Actually. Yeah, he'll move up. Yeah, I think so. I think he's tight at the weight, especially with his lifestyle as well. And as for Ennis, okay. sorry, I don't think it's too early for Ennis. But what I will say is, I heard it mentioned before, and it kind of makes sense when you think about it. You know, the way we've gone on about Ennis's managerial situation in the past, he's not fully tied to the PBC. And I wonder whether that has to do with the fact they've never really pushed him, have they? And given him that next level, because he's not 100% PBC fighter. There's always been issues behind the scenes with him. And I think they're reluctant to fully invest and throw all the chips in with Ennis. Uh, you know, against the Spence or whoever, because of that reason, they haven't got full control of him. I don't think going forward. Mm. Can you can you just 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 for banter, right? Can you imagine? Can you imagine him getting into the ring with Fondora? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? It'd be an absolute fucking mismatch, wouldn't it? Really, like it just it just looked weird. But I wonder I what mean, state a... Fondora's in, man. It's a shame they couldn't put Fondora in with Sue, isn't it? Although that's only a few fight a few weeks away. Yeah. But even that, even like you know, the size of Tim Jude compared to um, compared to Errol Spence is there's a, there's a big there's a big size difference there. Yeah, I'm just okay. looking down the, again, looking at, down the list of the super welterweights. Yeah, I mean, Charlo at the top, got Liam Smith still in there, Tony Harrison. I mean, these people were like, yeah, I don't know, they, the size the size difference could be quite could be quite diff, quite big, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we need to see Ennis in against someone decent. Ted Barrett there says, why is Ennis not signed for the PBC? All the top welters have been there. There's been some kind of issue rumbling on with him for ages. I think he's he signed early on in his career for different people. 
I think Chris Middendorf is involved somewhere. Now, he was also interestingly involved in some kind of Terence Crawford managerial promotional issue early in his career. I think Top Rank had to buy him out. So Middendorf, he's not one bit slow him. He gets in there. Uh, Gary Shaw, I think Cameron Duncan's involved maybe at some point. Ennis is signed to all these different people and they've never been able to fully get him out and into the PBC. That's my kind of very vague overview. It's a lot more complicated than that, but the PBC don't own him fully. And I wonder yeah, whether that's why they haven't put their chips in, Justin. Yeah, there's like lawsuits involved or there was lawsuits. So yeah, that think about it is though, it's a win-win for Ennis because if he loses, then he still gets he still gets all the hype and rep because he took the fights. Yeah. So he so that'll make him look good and so he'll get all the praise for taking it. And then if he wins, of course he gets all the praise. So I, if I were him, I would definitely want it. Definitely he gives any it. of them a fight. He's huge. He's gigantic, yeah. and he can punch like a mule. He goes in, and he gives he gives Spence, he gives Crawford, Thurman, I, any of them, an absolute hell of a time. I think. I, I think he's the real deal. I, I really I, do. I, I think do. He, I, I think he beats all. I think he beats all those guys. I think he beats Thurman. I think he could beat Crawford. I think he could beat all those guys. I really we just need to see he how he takes it. a punch, don't we? That's all, really. I think we need to see how he takes a punch. I don't. Mm. I don't see if en- if Ennis was to stick his neck on the line and go for one of those, you know, go for either of the the top fighters in um, in Spence or Crawford. I don't see it being much difference to uh, to your man Tim Zhu and what's. Ha- I know the fight's off now, but you know, taking that taking that early opportunity and just going saying, for it. And oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Um, sorry, mate. I, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I was uh, sort of to your point. Now I think. Um, if these um, like champions like um, Crawford and Spence, if we can't see them fight each other or like really top name guys, I think it's good for like these elite guys to like also fight these really hot prospects as well. And just to see, you know, to get in with someone like super, super hungry, just to like to try and take a scalp. I think that's as important as like, you know, fighting the other fellow champions in, in a way. I, d- I don't know if anyone else agrees, but I always like to see, I always like to see that. Yeah, or going against each other like Stanley Onis and Virgil Ortiz. I think they're on the verge of fighting, uh, signing to fight each other. Yes, yeah, things, yeah, things like that. It doesn't always have to be the uh, top um, people, you know, fight each other all the time. But that's um, what I like about Crawford. You know, even though his resume hasn't got the names on it, I really like seeing these elite people deal with like world level guys. You know, he just banged out even Ishii and he smashed up that um, uh, that Aussie that horn. Um, like John Molina, you know, even, th- you know, fights like that, you know, at least he's like knocking people out brutally, you know, he's giving us like highlight real stuff. Um, and I, you know, just personal, yeah, I like to see the elite level versus like world level, which is, you know, a super high level anyway. I always think it's really good to see that, that gulf right at the top. Do you know what? I forgot about Stanionis and what a fighter he is. I mean, that's another one. I mean, I, again, thinking about it, like, he he again. You'd put him in the same category as Ennis, really. I think. And and if 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 Spence and Crawford can't fight each other, then you could put Stanionis in with Ennis and just say you like fight either or. Crack well, on. He, I think he can beat Ortiz. That fight. I think that fight's coming up in a couple of months. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if Ortiz is having whatever health issues he happened, and he's having to drain and all that stuff, that Stanionis could beat him easily. Beat him, I think. Because if he, I mean, they tried to play it off, but I mean. We all know why he went to the hospital because he was draining down so hard. That's not going to get any better if you stay at the same weight class. So I don't see how that's going to get better. I agree with that. I don't think he's in great shape, Ortiz. I think he struggles badly at the weight, like you said, and he really drains himself down. And Stanley Onis is very strong, excellent exactly. jab. 
yeah, really good fighter. Uh, Teddy, uh, Ted Barrett says Ennis Ortiz would be a banger, but can see them wait until they both have belts after the uh, Spence and Crawford era. So, yeah, um, going back to the list here then, I've noticed the records are out of shock, so I don't know when I cut this. It must be about six months out of date or something, because Crawford is down as 37-0, and 0, according to this. In third place, he's in fourth place on Boxwork, and he's 39-0. and 0, So they're all over the place here. Only one fight for Crawford in 2022. That was against Avanissian a few weeks ago, and he beat the shit out of him. Right, let's get on, go on to number two then, Justin. In our list, we've got Alexander Usyk. So he is number six on the Boxwork list. He's 20-0. and 0. 30 knockouts, 35 years of age. He had one fight in 2022. That was against Anthony Joshua over in Jeddah. Uh, it was a little bit tougher than the first fight, wasn't it, in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Joshua, to his credit, especially to the body, had a, a better time of it against Usyk. Oh, I definitely thought he had a... I mean, people had gave Joshua no chance, but he actually gave Usyk a pretty good fight. I mean, he, he was did, there. Yeah. He was there. He, he gave it everything he... Usyk won just because he's better at the end, but Joshua gave a hundred percent effort. He gave everything he possibly could, and it wasn't enough. But still, I think I, I'm not going to say it took the shine off of Usyk because I really thought he was going to stop him this time. I, I thought he was just going to. So I guess you got to give Joshua credit for. Yeah, I guess you got to give Joshua credit for that because he did show up and gave it everything he had. But Usyk's just another one of those years. I mean, he. A rematch, it was a tough rematch, but, I mean, that's all he did. And I think we all know what he has to do. He has to – if he has to fight his mandatory, that's Dubois, right? It's his mandatory. Well, then, if he has to fight Dubois, he'll he probably knock Dubois out because I don't. I think Dubois has got a lot. There's something there, and I think Usyk would stop him if he has to fight him to get the mandatory out of the way. And then, he, I mean, Fury says he's going to fight him, and then, you know, you can't believe anything he says, so – that that's all Usyk's got. He's his only fight out there big is he's not. I don't think he'll fight Wilder. And honestly, this might be wrong here, but I think Wilder could knock. It, I think Wilder will knock Usyk out. And I think Usyk has been stung a few times. I know people are not going to agree, but I think he's been stung a few times. I think Joshua. I wouldn't say hurt him, but he rung his bell a couple of times. So it's going to be surprising if Wilder did land on him. And then, like I said, if he fights Dubois, which I think he'll knock Dubois out, then Fury is his – that's the fight he needs to get. That's the one that matters. Yeah, the I think, Justin, the issue with the titles has become really kind of weird now because, like you say, Dubois is the mandatory, but he's the mandatory because he has the WBA World Heavyweight title and Usyk is unified, so he has the super. Then you've got Joe Joyce, who I assume is the mandatory for the WBO, because for some strange reason, Joyce isn't just a mandatory, but he has this WBO interim World Heavyweight Championship. Why can't we just have contenders and mandatories without them having to also hold a belt? Why does Joyce need to be the interim champion whenever Usyk is a very active WBO champion? Money. Yeah. Because somebody somebody paid for it. Frank Warren and then paid to have that interim, interim, super interim, whatever it was. If somebody, I mean, like I said, it's all about money. If if they're going to pay to have that title, then they'll get. It. I mean, WBA be like, oh, take it. I, I I really think that's as simple as that. Is they're going to do that if somebody's going to pay them for it. And yeah. Joyce and them <laughs> thought, hey, it was worth it. Dubois thought it's worth it because they figure if we pay the little bit now, eventually it's going to lead to getting the big shot. And so, like I said, if he has to fight, I guess Dubois would be the man because he is the one right below him because he did beat Trevor Bryan. So 
Yusick could fight Dubois, make a little money, give do, let Fury do whatever he wants to do, build it up a little bit more, and then they should fight probably in the summer. Mm. Um, I think uh, Usyk is the epitome, Michael, of um, a pound-for-pound fighter. Cleaned up at cruiserweight, undisputed champion, knocked out the bomber, moved up to heavyweight, unified the titles against one of the established champions in Joshua. I mean, it's a fine body of work, isn't it? Yeah, and I think he's um, he's so high up on the heavyweight pound-for-pound rankings. I think still a bit based on his, you know, being so dominant at cruiserweight and probably being like the best cruiserweight of all time, really. Um, and obviously being unbeaten at heavyweight as well. So, yeah, he certainly still like deserves to be up there, even though, again, he wasn't like super active, was he? Um, but just to, uh, yeah, and, and for the AJ fight, I thought, you know, we were talking about it before. AJ didn't disgrace himself in the ring. He just, he disgraced himself afterwards with that ridiculous speech. If he just left it, he would have had a lot, you know, I think we'd have been talking about the fight a lot more, you know, positively in AJ's favour there, really. But, um well, yeah, even I think, you know, that was Usyk after, you know, the whole, you know, the, the Ukraine war as well. <laughs> as well. Um, obviously, you know, everything that his family had been through and he had to go through another training camp and his body's probably under a lot of wear and tear. He's been, a you know, a, a long, you know, he's had a you know, super long career, hasn't he? Uh, even after all that, you know, he was still pretty dominant against, you know, a, you know, a, you know, a really good heavyweight, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was. I'm starting to get that Sunday feeling now. Rapping Rob Kelly jumped on the call. Good evening, Roberto. Well, I don't know what's going on in this fucking Nutter's calling, but, but it's not nice. You know that. <laughs> uh, Rob, it's the wrong day, mate. It's the wrong day, Rob. You're normally on a Sunday, bro. Yeah, I know. Yeah, fucking. Well, I'm bored over Christmas and there's nothing good on Sky, is there? Even Ed. There's no fights for you. No fights for you. No no fights for you unless they're in divorce court. Anyway, um, (laughs) we're sliding in a bit of pound for pound. We're we're on a bit of pound for pound, Rob. It isn't the the best list in the world. I've just realised it's about six months out of date. I don't know if you can see it on the screen, but who's impressed you over the year? Who's who's got you the tick in the Rob Kelly box? Well, I think that they're, everyone on that list is a brilliant fighter. And I, it used to be something I used to be so invested in, the number one pound for pound. And I used to have to, like, be, like, trying to nearly rally fellas around to my point of view. Really, like, it's what you like, isn't it? Like, I probably like Crawford as the best fighter in the world. Anyway, no problem with that. Or Usyk. So that's said Usyk is not that really... We haven't really learned anything more from watching Usyk in the second AJ fight. Apart from that, he's really good. Like, you know what I mean? And he was always going to be the AJ. So, Spence... Um, all of them are brilliant, like brilliant fighters. Charlo will probably need to fight someone for me, like to be honest with you. Um, but and Baturbiev is probably the most impressive out of all of them, the scariest bastard on the list. Like so, but they're all really good fighters. Just what you like, isn't it? Where they are. It is indeed our number one. Oh, a bit of Usyk for you, Danny. You've travelled over to, to Latvia to see the main man in action. He's at number two on the list. I think he's number four in the box rec rankings. Yeah, I just just wanted to say I know he obviously only had the one one fight this year, but give give the guy some give the guy some slack. His country was at war, and he was by the looks of things he was fully fully taking part in that. He wasn't holding back at all. Um, he um, and then obviously came out of that to go and go into camp, which must have been a fucking terrifying thing to do. I couldn't even put myself in that situation. I wouldn't even begin to think how that would have felt like. And then. You get people that uh, want to give Joshua credit. I'm sorry, Joshua can fuck off. There's no credit to be given for him. I don't actually think 
it was as close as people make out. I think that was more pity um, scores than anything. I thought it was very um, one-sided. Um, the meltdown proved the point as well. Um, he knows he wasn't very good. Um, and I think that's why we got the um, the, the carry-on afterwards. But, um, yeah, I, I just think he's, a, he's a, a very consummate professional. I think he's fantastic. I think he's... He does everything right. I, I, you know, there's not a lot of bullshit talking from him. But again, you know, he just wants to fight the best, and he's and he's always there and willing to go. Um, yeah, I, I can't say I can't I can't praise the guy enough. He's a fantastic boxer and a fantastic personality, and I, I just wish him all the best. And I hope he, I hope his uh, winning run continues. I know Danny has a future uh, pound for pound to suggest. Just before we do that, we'll go on to our number one here. He's actually ranked number eight in the box rate rankings, 24 and oh, big banger, 21 knockouts. In UA at number one there, Rob, he got the job done against uh, Donair for the rematch. There was a bit of, con- not controversy, but the first fight didn't really go the way we thought it would. He broke his arm to bone, he showed a lot of bollocks. In the second fight, he just banged him out. And then Paul Butler, he managed to go a lot longer than we thought. Undisputed champion. I tell you what, two fights, hell of a year for Inouye. Yeah, anyway, he's brilliant. Like he's, he probably he's 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 one of our favorites that'll never kind of betray us and cross over to fucking wide repeal, won't he? Like he's always going to be yeah, a niche yeah. boxer's, and he's a niche boxing fans boxer. Like, yeah, body scary, power scary, technique. Um, I think it gives gives Rigo's win over Donair more credence when you see how well Donair performed against him in the first fight. Um, in the kind of Indian summary he was having on his career, but even at that, the fucking result was never in doubt. Like, um, a fucking a scary prospect. Um, just on that, I'd, instead of Charlo, I'd probably have Tank in there. I know we're on number one now. I'd probably have Tank in there, <laughs> shooting up the pound for pound rankings. But uh, I think he probably he's probably done more than uh, than Charlo to deserve to be there. And you know, I've um high hopes for uh, Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia uh, in 2023 alongside Bud Crawford and, Tur- and Earl Spence. Those are two fights that are most definitely going to happen and nothing's going to happen to fucking... Uh, it's deja vu, Rob. You said that last the- year. Say <laughs> Tank, man. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so anyway, no problem with the monster being number one. Definitely not. Uh, I love Tank, as you know. I think he's a fantastic fighter, but I can't begrudge Jamel his little opportunity there at number nine, given the fact that he unified the division and knocked out a guy who he'd kind of had trouble with before, showed a lot of um, changes in his arsenal. Derek James is a fantastic trainer, so I'm going to give Charlo a pat on the back there. Uh, as for Inoue in at number one, Justin, we mentioned the fact that he's never going to cross over. Top rank have tried their best. Well, I don't know if they have tried their best with him, to be honest. They've done a bit of a shit job with him. But over in Japan, apparently, this guy is an absolute superstar. You had the guts of 12 million people uh, tuning into a tape delay uh, of his win over Paul Butler. He's got the sports endorsements. He's worth tens of millions of dollars. He's doing well sexually as well, old Inoue. He's doing well for himself on top of this pound-for-pound list. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's funny. Does anybody remember the, uh, what was it, the Paul Butler posted the picture after the fight saying, like basically he was bragging with the team because they didn't get knocked out earlier than the the 11th round? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. My God, you got he got the hell beat out of him, and then he was just proud because he didn't get he didn't let go earlier. I thought that was the stupidest shit. That might be the stupidest shit I've seen all year. Was that they were proud of lasting a little bit longer? What I don't know. That's just retarded. That's just stupid. I, I could, uh, but yeah. Anyways, the man and but I think they said that Fulton would be the guy that you know everybody wants him to go up and fight him, but then Fulton come out and said that he might have business to take care of. 
a weight class above him so they might not fight and fulton come out and said why do i owe him? I, I can't remember if he said why does he owe him a fight like that or that fight doesn't define him so who knows if that's going to happen or not because fulton's already kind of pouring cold water on them getting together anyway so yeah but anyways the man that's all i gotta say and paul butler's a dumbass mm-hmm. going down yeah I, I i never got an opportunity to talk about it but i i thought the butler fight was a disgrace i it, it ended up being a fucking game of hide and sink seek as opposed to a fucking boxing match um i think joe gallagher should be fucking ashamed of himself um the the um the directions from the corner he was giving his fight and and the shouting of like i get that you have to back your fighter right but when when the when the fight when your fighter's throwing arm punches and it's hitting it's hitting gloves and arms and everything all the time and shouting out like it's a good punch then you just you just basically lie into your fighter it's a fucking it's a, it's a travesty really um so i'm glad in UA ended him and i think it's an embarrassment if paul butler's then gone on um, social media afterwards and blagged, you know, boasting about the fact that he, he lasted, what was it, 11 rounds or whatever it was, you know. So what? You got fucking dealt with properly by a great fighter. Um, in your way, he has to move up. Um, then there's nothing else in that division for him. He has to move up. But then, like, if you're saying Fulton's got to move up, then I just want to see Casemiro. The Casemiro in your way fight. I think, obviously, in your way, he's probably um, deserves a few kind of like, you know, just easy fights to get into the weight. His brother's at that weight as well, I believe, but I don't think we'll ever see that. But, no. um, but yeah, a couple of easy kind of, um, you know, get into the weight fights kind of thing. And then that Casemiro fight, I think would be fucking fantastic. I'd love to see that. And and also, Dan, never mind Fulton in UA. I mean, that'd be nice to see if we do, but I don't want to see Fulton moving up. He's got to fight Ahmed Aliyev. He's got two titles. MJ's got exactly. two titles. They've got to unify, surely. Yeah, you would have thought so. I mean, you got one and two, and, and, and everyone's got the belts. Just go for it. You know what I mean? It's, that's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer for me. Um, I don't Is there? Is there what? I mean, is there worry from the Fulton side of things that Ahmed Aliyev might be... Um, Something special? I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. I mean, I don't think so. I'd, ma- I'd make I'd make Fulton a strong favourite against that Medallia. Yeah, yeah, I, I would do, but I, I don't know. Well, it, well Fulton also I, got in a car wreck, so he might be going down the Errol Spence route recently. Oh God, no, another one. Yeah, he did. He completely like destroyed his uh, Range Rover and then took out another car, so he might be going down that path. Again, though, it's whether that we we spoke about obviously. We spoke about fighters that just wanted belts earlier, and now we're potentially talking about fighters that just want money. And maybe Fulton's one of those people. If he says he cut, he doesn't want to give anyway a fight because he, why should he give him that payday and things like that? Then there we go. It just yeah, says it fuck all. Him. Fuck him. So so, yeah. That's who's it. this? Who's this pound for pound? Uh, future pound for pound person? You're going to throw in down? Well, Steve, I, I've had a few arrangements now, and. I, I might be talking out completely out of my ass, but um, in a couple of years' time, I think uh, Mrs. Kelly would be uh, definitely in my female <laughs> pound for pound uh, nah, going forward. I've, I've career's over. Good form. Career's over. I heard. Is she? Oh, you can't be seriously. Over, I had a few due, quid in the yeah, bookies on to, that. Due to due to injury, oh, uh, no, not Tank Davis related. Okay, that's good. <laughs> no car crash no, or anything she, like that. I think, yeah? she, I think she's. Well, she's still she's still training at that, but she's just not going on about it anymore. Anyway, um, 
I'm going to be pimping her out straight down the OnlyFans route. Like Ebony Bridges is going to be like, she's going to be taking uh, what you call it, pictures at the piano and all, saying she's talking to her fans on OnlyFans tonight. Six dollars a pop. So I'm ready for. I hope she's ready for the big time and interviews with the guy. Well. Rob's one step ahead of me here. Not that there's a bell of the week tonight, but we are moving into that territory. All, oh, not that one. Here we are. Here she is. <laughs> Ebbs, white Christmas is all around on my OnlyFans tonight, says Ebbs. Could you imagine that chant? Could you imagine the chant they pay $6? Oh, God. Good Lord. Steve, the question is, what's white? Is it inside a knickers or is it somewhere else? <laughs> oh, We're not going there, are we? There she's on the piano. <laughs> Playing in is her favorite to play on the piano. <laughs> uh, not, not a fan of that staircase, by the way. Not a fan of that staircase. No, not okay. liking that. No. No, not not not. Yeah, she needs an interior. She's yeah. annoying. She's one of these people that interviews herself on on social media. And <laughs> Baumgartner's a bit like that as well. It's got, it might be over between me and Baumgartner. It's like, oh, she's one of these people that just keeps posting these kind of these tweets. Like, the thing about me is, God got teasers, me. you mean, Rob? She keeps tweeting teasers. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the thing about me is, I'm different, I'm cut from a different cloth. Like, shut up, nobody's asking you. Like, why are you talking like that? And then, fucking Abes has been on. Like, I don't even follow her, man. It's like everyone that I follow follows her, and she keeps coming up in the fucking algorithm. It's like, uh, she has this fucking thing about. Uh, about Shannon O'Connell, as if it's this fucking Hagler Horns wall she had. Like, you're what? Fucking... I've never even uh, heard of Shannon O'Connell before. <laughs> nobody had it. No like, she didn't realize it could bang like that. She with pow, both hands and all. She's talking about herself like as if she's fucking Prime Mike Tyson. Like, just relax. Like, it's fucking women's box. It's all a bit of a crack, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what, though, right? She's made it over to the casual audience pretty quickly because I've got people at my work now coming up to me going, Oh, you go to boxing. Can you? Do you ever see Ebony Bridges? And I was just like, well, I have done a few times. Oh, can you get a photo from, like, or a video saying hello from her? And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, like, is, is that bad? She is John Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> I think her tits made over to casual boxing. I don't think she actually has made over to casual boxing. <laughs> I don't know. I, Smido, Smido's a big fan. Me and Oz are not. I don't know what the rest of the panel think, but. Uh... It's better, it's better on the pound for she's not she'll never be number one on my pound for pound list. Put it that way. No, no. There you are. Old Ebbs. What else have we got here? Then a few more. The boys have sent these in for Belly of the Weeks, and in case I forget about them, I'll phone them in now. Uh, there's a Regis Pro Grey. He says, Stay away from people who gossip. They are most likely gossiping about you. So there's a bit of advice for you this Christmas. I don't Isn't want advice from, from Pro <laughs> <laughs> I don't want advice from Pro Grey about money. What what I need what I need to do with people? I, do you know what? Actually, I think you know Rigas Progray needs to stay away from giving advice. Full stop, because it's not good. The time Mexican timeshares, no boys. Mexican timeshares. That yeah, quote looked like it should have a picture of your man from like Peaky Blinders with a fag in his mouth underneath the door. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Oscar Rivas retired from boxing due to repeated injuries, and then he announced uh, shortly after that he hadn't retired. In fact, it was fake news. So uh, Oscar is coming it back. Think about it. Who's taking the time to fake Oscar Rebus news? I mean, what life do you have if you're taking that time out to fake <laughs> Everything Oscar Rebus news? Everything boxing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, to fake Oscar Rebus news. 
Well, uh, talking of advice, uh, Javonta Davis has got a bit of advice here, Bob, from a source. AB, keep your head up, Javonta. The devil trying his best to stop you, but he can't stop God's plans. I love you, little bro. Hashtag this will also pass. Hashtag keep God first. There you go, from <laughs> AB. I don't know what to fucking make of that, like, that situation. Um, Javonte, I'll just tell you where I think it's going to end up. They're going to put him under the fucking jail in America, right? He's not beating these charges. I don't give a shit. People say money talks. He's not Floyd Mayweather. He's not the draw in Vegas and all that, where he lives in Vegas and is able to, like, manipulate his fucking jail sentence in line with his price fights. They're going to get Davis, and he's going under the jail. And I'll be honest with you, it's fucking... These fellas are so fucking stupid, rich fighters to be just, like, getting themselves caught up in this. Obviously... Don't put your fucking hands on a woman. Like the first news out, this is he has priors for this. Like we've seen the footage of him which one by the scruff of the neck, hauling her out of the basketball hall or whatever the fuck he was doing. He, he he's claiming that this one is saying that uh he hit her just to get some bread, like or whatever. Like he's been released on a thousand dollar bond now for a fellow with previous. I don't know if that's that serious. They, they say she had an abrasion on her mouth and it was a close hand slap. Coppinger's been all over it, by the way. Um but Gervonta is that I don't think he's doing himself any favors by, by doing these kind of it's the most proclaiming his innocence and uh he's like playing clips of the the nine one one call and that like I think he already has he hasn't faced trial yet for the for the fourteen separate counts of hit and runs that he has <laughs> as well so it's not looking good bro as Castillo would say and I don't think um there's going to be a good end for Javante Davis and it's one of the biggest wastes of fucking talent of all time and it, just while we're on that like probably the most talented guy in the sport he's not on a pound for pound list but he's going to be a permanent fixture on it if he can keep his fucking uh, self on a straight and narrow Shakur Stevenson uh, uh, apparently was beside the fucking or left with the alleged murderer of uh, takeoff from the Migos um, who was shot during that, uh, that dice game and, and Shakur was, was pictured with him well apparently he left with the alleged killer. Uh, so he'd want to fucking watch himself as well. Like, I just can't understand these guys are getting opportunities to become multi, multi-millionaires and they want to do fucking dumb shit. Like, so reap what you saw, I guess. Like, it's, boxing's going to lose two of the, probably, you know, if these two don't sort themselves, they're going to lose two of the biggest prospects. Like, or stars, well, prospect yeah, stars. Whatever. Yeah, no, well said, uh, Rapping Rob Kelly. Also, a uh, friend of the pod, Ozzy, was on uh, Porky's Corner recently and they had a, a discussion about Javonta Davis's future and Ted Barrett has nominated it for Belly of the Week. Let's have a listen. Um, who knows what's going to happen, but it, it'll come out when it comes out and I'm, uh, I'll look forward to seeing what it says. I will. I will. Uh, Tank Davis versus who from the UK? Who can, who can get Tank a fight from UK? Um, what what weight are we putting Tank at? Uh, 147. 147? He's not a 147. Yeah, I know that, but let's just say he steps up a weight from what he's at now. 140, 147, what do you think? <laughs> oh, Ross. Jesus. You'll be on there next, Rob. <laughs> well, yeah, I've had. There is an episode of Honor between me and Pod, uh, Poggy that will remain forever behind the scenes. It wasn't really an, uh, an episode, but he did catch me on the phone one night for about an hour. It was a good chat. He's a good lad, Poggy, but I won't be going on any other boxing channel other than Boxing Asylum. I've got an exclusive contract here around these parts. Absolutely, and we love you for it, Rob. A final couple here of Not Bell You the Weeks. Uh, Floyd sent this out <laughs> on Instagram. He said, 
I will not be Big accepting gifts on Christmas, my birthday, Valentine's Day or Father's Day. I constantly give gifts all throughout the year because I feel every day is worth celebrating and not just some commercialised holiday. Where's the thought behind the gift if it's only given on a holiday? You only think of giving me a gift when society says you should give gifts. I understand people can't give me what I give them, but it's the small thoughtful things that count. It's all about reciprocation. The random Ooh. gift on any given day is priceless. Not the gifts I receive four times a year. I'm better than that. There you go. That's Floyd. Four times a year. All I want to say to that then, Steve, is like if if he's giving out if he wants to give out gifts all, all throughout the year, then I want some of that Mayweather's dollars that he's or or crypto coins that he's going to give out then because metaskeletons, the metaskeletons, and all that kind of stuff that he all that good stuff that he advertises. I mean, I'll take the bloody I don't know, like I'll take window free windows. I'll take anything from him, whatever he's got, I'll take it. Amanjaros. Manjaro, free Manjaros, we take it. Isn't it? This it. is what this is what I was saying a couple of weeks ago, like about how it, boxing was just better when it was romanticized and scribed by the likes of Bart Sugar, where I didn't need to know like if fucking like Sugar Ray Robinson felt like people were giving him enough gifts throughout the year. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Why the fuck do I? I don't need to know this. Like, <laughs> shut up, fly. Like, pro grade, like people that gossip about folk and people that are, Tank is in the fucking uh, on on Instagram. <laughs> putting up a picture of himself and I think he's trying to scrape off he's trying to get off with this fucking accusation isn't he but it, it looks like he's trying to scrape off either the words hater shit off his mirror or cheater slut so um, he's trying to kind of say that he got caught cheating and that he never hit the missus but she's trying to take revenge that way because she wrote cheater and slut on his mirror or maybe he wrote cheater and slut on the mirror but probably wasn't Floyd anyway because it's spelled correctly <laughs> Uh, the crazy world of Floyd. Final one here then, Justin. Maybe you'll uh, shed a bit of light on this. I, I can't remember who put it in the Nutters chat, but somebody did anyway. Uh, Boxing with Termite presents Texas Flange. Fight night on January the 12th, 2022. A dangerous Danielle Bennett, Justin, in on the action as well here. I guess you need Gabe on this because this is where he lives, but Pasadena, Texas. I have no idea who the, I don't know anybody. I don't even know what what does flange mean? Texas flange. <laughs> well, well, put it next to it. Let me look up flange. That's like a is that a real word? Flange definition <laughs> it, is it's collab <laughs> or rib, strengthen or to attach. So it's Texas attached is what it. I don't know what it means, but now <laughs> nobody's going to that. I don't think doors open at six. So could you imagine the undercard if that's the main event? Good God. They, yeah, put I was it like, this way, J- Justin. Justin, yeah. put it this way: if, if if I was to put Texas Flange into Google tonight, yeah, I'd expect to see something alongside the Ebony Pri- <laughs> Ebony Bridges pictures. That's all I'm saying, right? Texas Flange doesn't even pop up. You don't want to know, Justin. I love a spelling mistake on a, on a poster. Super yeah. Banton Weight, and they are Rob East Loop Chiropractic. You can phone seven thirteen Bad Back if you want to get into the. There. You always wonder when you Two see cars like this. Big logo on the flyer here. I think yeah. this is right up Maddie's streets. Yeah, the waste of money people have. People just have money to burn because if you could actually pay for that, I uh, will have a bit of Texas flange. Right, boys, let's let's uh, suck it off the evening. Sorry, Steve. Can I throw in? Can I throw? Sorry, can I throw in a a non a non value of the week? If that's all you right. certainly can. You certainly can. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like unfollow Josh Taylor soon because it's getting absurd. Like it really oh. is getting weird. What's going on? Like it, it, anything that's. I don't know. He just loves a. 
like anything that's like antivirus or anything that's a UFO or anything that's I don't know, it's just like yeah like it's so it's just it's getting weird now it's like and I used to really like obviously I've seen Josh Taylor live plenty of times but it's just getting weird now like spend more time in the gym getting ready for a fight and stop fucking liking all these like weird videos about there's definitely aliens in space. Oh, is he into the conspiracy <laughs> theories? I'm going to have to stop following him, Rob, man. Uh, mate, it's too, it's too much. It's too much. He loves the conspiracy theory. It's getting weird, man. It's getting weird. Like, it really is. Well, listen, so, just because yeah. he's paranoid doesn't mean we're not trying to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like, uh, here's one of his likes. I'm just on it at the moment. One of his likes are, oh. my, pronoun- my pronouns are, cons- conspiracy theorists were right. <laughs> here if you want to follow a conspiracy series um jamie and michael conlon's mom Teresa conlon she, she hasn't heard a conspiracy theory that she she doesn't like yet rob man you need oh, to get that's on that that's brilliant yeah i need to get on that yeah. we need uh, anthony crawler on the case with some evidence-based investigations <laughs> oh yes 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 absolutely that is the perfect thing to play i says i'm going to play that one out on this um, thursday evening i'm going to put it up on the sunday as well so the unwashed masses can have a listen as well thank you to everybody who's been on with us tonight Rapping Rob Kelly flying in from UFO Central. Danny Young's here as well. Justin, the North Carolina assassin. Shout out to Michael Thompson or Mikey T. He's been on with us as well. And so has our head of the Prediction League, uh, Joe Kennedy. Thank you for following us during the year. We appreciate you all. It's going to be a great 2023 between myself, Matty, Andy, Ozzy, Smido, Rob, everybody who comes on every week. Thank you very much. We'll play you out with Anthony Crawler. We love you all. My voice is going. Bye. Today, I am delighted to be joined by former lightweight world champion, Anthony Crawler. How are you? Before we start, I would like to point out why I have made yet another Madeleine McCann film. It is to expose the mainstream media and show to the widest possible audience that their purpose is not to find out facts, investigate stories, then truthfully report them. The mainstream media are used on a daily basis across all publications by an elite few for a range of nefarious purposes. Mainstream media publications are no more than information prostitutes who serve those with enough money or power to help them with their disgusting agendas. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network.